Welcome to Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan, a podcast where two friends catch up and talk about whatever nerdy stuff comes to mind, usually over hookah. Enjoy. All right, we're good. We're live, pal. All right, welcome to season two. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We can name it season two. I'm fine with that. We probably should. It's been, what, a couple of weeks since we got together. Season two, you know what? I can dig I can dig some season two. What we really <laughs> should do is we should, I should hire Hellbent to write uh, uh, a song for us, or to at least to perform. Um, yeah, we work cheap. <laughs> all right. Well, I was just going to say to at least to perform the, uh, the Bon Jovi song we have. Uh, I don't know if they, I don't know if they'd be willing to do that. Well, that's fine. We'll just do something else, some other butt rock that you guys want well, to do. Four out of five of them would probably do that. <laughs> right, right. Somebody, somebody who will remain nameless, uh, but his <laughs> name rhymes with Matt Hartland. Um, yeah, would say no. <laughs> that's okay. yeah. We have four. We have four Judases in Helmet. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's right you know it was funny when i was putting together our uh episode like the last episode we, we had dropped um i don't know if you listened to it it was the live one we did um yeah. at your house as i was splicing in some of the music i i realized again just how terrible saint anger is like like just how, <laughs> just how awful that track is it's a, such a bad track like yeah. all the way around, I'm I'm a little shocked actually. Like I'm listening to it, I'm like, this is really what it sounds like. Like this is this is like the take they did, and like yep. and there, there's absolutely nothing redeemable about that song. Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. And like Lars, Lars really does sound like he's hitting a trash can. Like that's all. Yep. I don't know why, you know. And 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 oh man, it just sounds terrible. Uh, you, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Still, and I can't like, imagine they were sitting in the studio going. Yeah, that's the sound I want. That's it right there. Yeah, like what was the what was the thought? Like, well, James is like, well, hey, I gotta pick up my daughter from school. Let's get this going. <laughs> you know, like, like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, fine. It sounds great. Are, are you sure, James? It sounds like shit. Ah, just put it up. Those idiots will buy any record we put out. <laughs> or Metallica, they'll buy it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. So tell me, so so listeners with we will we will call this season two. Um, season two of Hooga Chats with Matt and Ethan begins today. Yay! It's very exciting. Um, I hope that you are well, listeners. We have been uh, on hiatus for a few weeks um, for a few reasons. One, I'm, I'm approaching the end of the semester, and actually, this was a really great little break for me as I um, planned term papers uh, that maybe one day I'll talk to Matt about. And we'll record it. It's <laughs> it's kind of wacky. Um, and, uh, and I know that Matt was wrapping up a show. Matt, do you want to tell us how, how did the show go? The show went really well. So, uh, our local theater did a production of, uh, Sleepy Hollow, um, the story of the Headless Horseman, I'm sure everyone's familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a, a relatively recent play that was written in 2018, um, by a, a, a couple of, a father and son who, um, attend the University of Michigan, I believe. Okay. And they put it on one time there. And uh, then they started selling it. And our theater was one of the first to buy it because it was cheap. Sure. And um, it came very bare bones, just, just the script. There was, no, there was no soundtrack. There was no prop suggestions. There was nothing like that. So I had to do all that myself. It was 
quite a busy time for me. Um, but we put it together and it actually turned out pretty well. We, we sold, we didn't sell out any shows, but it was a non-season show. So we didn't have like season ticket holders. We were getting like 150 people out of 190. Hey man, so, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really good. I got a lot of good feedback from the community. Um, there was one, <laughs> there was one thing that, uh, I want to tell you about real quick. Yeah, yeah. There's a scene in which the, um, the, I guess you could call them the antagonist and, and the, uh, the boys ransack mm-hmm. the schoolhouse that Ichabod Crane teaches at. And they like superstitions by making them believe in witchcraft and think of all kinds of crazy, crazy things are going on. So they put up, uh, different signs and like we, we hung a baby doll off of the, the chalkboard and everything. And on, on the chalkboard, I, 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 it was a, one of those old school chalkboards that like, you could flip around and it was dual sided. Yeah. And on the back side, well, like on the front of the chalkboard, we had like the alphabet, you know, something that would look appropriate for a schoolhouse. But on the back side, I, uh, we put a pentagram on it. And then I put the, the symbols for the band's bad religion, the dead Kennedys, Pennywise, black flag, no effects. And of course, Judas priest. Right. And those were the the witchcraft signs that I had around it. And one guy got it. (laughs) He he came up to me. We were playing a Halloween show. Hellbent was playing a a Halloween show at the underground. And uh, Tommy Hips, shout out to Tommy Hips, came up and he was like, my favorite part of that show was looking at your witchcraft signs. And he recognized like every band. That's cool. (laughs) He was like, cool so i was glad that somebody caught my easter egg that was fun that is but uh the show went the show went really well it consumed a ton of time but uh it was well worth it in the end and we raised a lot of money for cast and i'm done with it now (laughs) (laughs) that's great that's great yep yeah i'm sorry i couldn't see it i only got a chance to when we were up for those couple of days i got to see a rehearsal yeah, it was and, a little rough, uh, wasn't it? <laughs> it was tough. Um, but, you know, all rehearsals, like rehearsals almost always universally at that point are are like that. And and it was it was bound to come together. It was bound. Well, to I'll come tell together. you, the, the most frustrating issue for me was I was dealing with a bunch of new people, like people yeah. that had never done anything like that before. And um, um, my sound guy, guy that created all the, the sound effects and everything and and helped me track the the play. Mm-hmm. Um, was an 18 year old kid who plays in a local heavy metal band and uh, he's a cool kid he was really cool but like he wasn't terribly reliable so the day that you came was right. our double run right yeah. which is mm-hmm. for those that aren't in theater when you have a double run you usually do the first you, you take a day and you run the play twice and the first time you basically work out all the technical kinks with right. lighting and sound and everything like that. And then the second time, you should pretty much have everything a week or two before the, the play opens. Well, this was the week before the play opened. I'm doing the double run. We started at like 11 o'clock. And then he comes up to me and says, oh, I have to leave because my band's rehearsing at one. And I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> so, so I did a double run with no sound, um, which was terrifying um but we got it all worked out i I basically cornered him the next day on on sunday and i was like get your ass down here we need to do this and we went through line by line and and did everything and then um monday 
the Monday of the show opening week, um, the show opened on Thursday. That Monday was the first time we had everything put together. <laughs> sure. so, that was like not the way I like to work. But like right, when, you're, when your tech guy is like, oh, I'm not going to be here for your double run. I'm like, oh, well, that's the point of a double run. So that kind of shoots that in the ass. But again, it all came together. It all worked out. So. And that's good. I remember when you told me that he was leaving uh, and check guy, if you're listening, it all worked out. <laughs> I, you don't, it doesn't matter what I say. Um, but I remember, I, I, I recall you saying, yeah, he has to leave. He's, he has a conflict. He didn't tell me about it. He's got a band rehearsal. I'm pretty sure I was like, fire him, you know, like, oh, you're gone. <laughs> See ya, you know, but, and, and, and you rightly were like, oh yeah, sure. I'll just, I'll just find another, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, the show opens in four days. I'll just go ahead and fire him and retract this whole him. motherfucker. <laughs> right, right. I get it. I get it. This is actually why I, in no way, even though I directed one show at cast, I should never direct anything because I fight that instinct all the time. Like, like, oh, somebody fucks up, fire him, get rid of him. I don't ever want to see you again, you know? And and instead, it, it's like, no, no, we actually have to train people and, like, be patient with people. Yeah. So. It's particularly in the community theater setting yeah. where everybody's a volunteer, right? And I'm like, I'm exactly. not paying anybody to be here. So exactly. it's kind of important exactly. that I uh, I show whatever grace I can show. <laughs> Boy, that uh, that was a test. Let me tell you. Yeah, that was I a, bet it was. That was a test of my patience. <laughs> I bet it was. I bet it was. Well, I'm but, glad. I'm glad it worked out really well. Yeah, I have that. You know, you, you, what you're saying is what I've heard. I've heard from lots of different people that I saw on Facebook or whatever that that the show was a real hit. And so, yeah, you can't argue with the, with uh, almost selling out a non season show. You know, you really yeah. can't argue with that. And, and you can't argue with Facebook either. I mean. Nope. We all know how legitimate everything is on there. So. That's right. It could have been a Russian bot that told me <laughs> that, like, you know, like, like the, like Putin, you know, Putin, Putin's men have, have, have been Putin. targeting you and trying to get us to go see uh, um, uh, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he uh, liked gas so much. That'd be cool. <laughs> you know. I uh, I thought about not not to not to transition out, uh, but I thought about you. I don't know if you kept an eye on the Virginia governor race. Oh, I did. Yeah, but uh, that didn't work out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't work out at all. And uh, um, I've been and I I had a pretty I had a pretty strong feeling it wasn't going to work out because down yeah. here, um, even around Charlottesville, you know, pretty liberal place. Like even around Charlottesville. People are like, yeah, I'm not going to vote for Terry McAuliffe. Like, like I'm yeah. not going to vote for that guy. And and I, you know, I I could I could rant and rave about Democrats apparently being the stupidest people on planet Earth. You know, like <laughs> like at least elite, you know, high level people who who control the Democratic Party. I think are not terribly smart people sometimes. But like, no. I uh, you know, I, I Glenn Youngkin, the the Republican governor. Who soon to be Republican governor um, ran the last, you know, maybe the last two weeks of his campaign, like really was hammering home um, what he calls parental choice, you know. So basically, right. just off of the critical race theory nonsense, you know, and right, and um, and and like, there's plenty of evidence suggests that that like super duper one, like like that's the thing, <laughs> that's that's the thing yeah. that people got behind. 
you know, and uh, and so now that he's going to be governor, I I I better get a phone call. That's all I'm going to say. As a parent, <laughs> Glenn, Glenn, if you're listening, you better call me and be like, "What should I do, Ethan?" You know, <laughs> and I can be like, "Well, parental choice comes in now, as you promised." And right, I think that we should probably celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day. You know, I don't <laughs> think that's critical race theory. I think we're okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. if we do that. Well, I mean, let's not let's not overlook the fact that like. You know, Virginia being blue in the beginning, for the beginning, was it was anomalous anyway. You're right. I mean, you're it's, right. it's the very Republican area. So, and as it's the the seat of the Confederacy, right? It's That's not, right. It's not like uh, a bastion of Democratic uh, uh, beliefs down there. But I mean. Not everybody is not every Republican is Donald Trump either. So no, like, no, let's not right. go into full blown panic mode. I mean, uh, the the governor in Virginia ran at arm's length to you're right. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, uh, so maybe there is some hope for that, but my, my problem is like the Republican or the democratic leadership is so bad at, uh, at, at keeping their fingers on the pulse of America, you know, they're, they're more, they, they make, they make issues that aren't that big a deal or aren't issues that aren't, that don't affect that many people, uh, their priority. And then they ignore factors that could really help a lot of people because they're harder. So what I mean by that is, um, let me let me use a personal example. Like whenever I, whenever my wife and I make our mortgage payments, we make them biweekly, right? And the reason we do that it was is what's supposed to be so that every time we made a payment, it would go towards principal and then we'd be paying less interest when the next one comes out and every two weeks it's a lot fat it you reduce your principal a lot more than um by waiting to the end of the month well i recently got a letter from quicken that said we are holding your first payment until the end of the month whenever the full payment is in and then we will apply it to your thing and i'm like well that sort of defeats 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 the purpose. purpose of paying it the way that we're paying it you know like that's that's silly and it's my money and like i you can't do that well i made a couple of calls around and our local congressman is glenn thompson he's a republican and i never get anything back anytime i send him anything and i was like um they're doing something that is you 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 can't do that like you're you're taking my money and i'm not earning interest on it anymore because it's not in my account and then they're just they're just holding it in the ether so that they can continue to charge me like the full amount on the interest. And that's, that's not fair. That's not what we agreed to. They changed, they changed that. They crickets, crickets, nothing. Right now the democratic party could very easily say, well, that practice is not allowed. Like you're not going yeah. to do that to be, and that would help like, you know, tons of people all over. Absolutely. The place. Absolutely. And, and it's something simple. It's something, but it would, it would also, you know, impact, um, corporate profit it would also impact you know stock markets so they won't touch it but it's something that they could very easily with the stroke of a pen do and it's something that would be really hard for the for the republicans to say hey that's a bad idea you can't do that because politically it'd be it'd be shooting themselves in the foot but do the democrats want to take on something simple like that no we'd rather worry about like what the name is on a bathroom or something like that you know and it's like it's like come on guys like those things are are hot button issues because you've because the republicans have made them hot button issues they are they are issues that really 
aren't that uh, serious yeah. to to the to the population writ large. Now, to the individuals that it affects, of course, it's very serious, and I'm not denying that. But that that amount of people ain't voting for Republicans anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, and it's such a small minority such a small segment of the voting population that it does nothing politically for you to advance that as your as your platform right, right, right. so they're so bad at politicking right they're yeah, just so yeah, bad at they're just so bad at like choosing issues to 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 run on that i mean because if you if you were to gain power politically by saying all right we're not going to fuck people on their mortgages anymore everybody gets behind that and then you can say oh yeah and it also doesn't matter what bathroom you use. Like once you have the power, then deal with that shit. Yeah, you know, <laughs> once once you're in charge, like then take care of all that little stuff. Don't make it at the front of your thing that's a divisive issue to begin with. And it only affects a very small amount of people. And I think the Democrats are terrible at that. Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree. Particularly when so many of the um you know the issues that that so many folks in the Democratic Party seem to think are very important which, as you said, are just issues that the Republicans ultimately invent, right? right? Like, like the bathroom thing, I think, is a really perfect example. Well, well didn't they use that in, in, in the Virginia race. Weren't they talking about some? Yeah, yeah. I mean, bathroom like, where there was a there was a person that was raped in a bathroom and they were like, oh, it's because of the transgender thing. It's not because the person was transgender. It's because no. the person was a rapist. That's exactly. why the, the rape happened. You know? But right, that's not what right. they focused on. You're right. Well, well. That is one thing. But the thing I was just going to say about the bathrooms is uh, the bathroom thing, I think, is a really great and easy example of what you're talking about, of Republicans sort of inventing an issue and then and then sort of somehow forcing Democrats to run on that issue. Like, I don't really get it. Um, Prior to this being a, a thing that everybody supposedly cared about, there was this thing called family restrooms. (laughs) <laughs> that had a little boy and had a little man, a little woman on it, and and it was and everybody used it like it wasn't a yeah. big deal, you know. And remarkably and, few rapes in those too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so there, there's a sense in which what is, uh, and I, I think I've said this on the podcast before, the the post material concerns. Oh no, this um, is the new season. We can start all. Over. We can rehash we'll, the same we'll stuff. Start all over for just a second. <laughs> this, this, is, this is what this is what is called a post-material politic. What I mean by that is, <laughs> listeners, if you're interested, is um, sometime around uh, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I should just name what it is. Yeah. When Ronald Reagan became president, <laughs> the the Republicans came up with this new idea that, that I guess is not new, but it was became the primary thing, which is. Rather than running on policies that that sort of impact material welfare um, or have material sort of concrete things we can understand, even if it's not primarily about welfare, it could be about, you know, the foreign policies or, or whatever, right? There's material concrete things we can say about these things. Rather than doing that, the Republicans began to... Um, run on sort of cultural and non-material things mm-hmm. and they began to say well we don't really have a, we don't actually have a way to make your lives materially better um we might but we don't really care not really um the closest you got with reagan was trickle down economics and that was alchemy you know <laughs> like, yeah. like like their theory was 
what if we were wizards and we used magic? Um, but like, other than that, like primarily it's, we don't really have a way to make your lives better or to make the country better as a whole. But you know what really grinds my gears when people don't like freedom? Yeah. 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 You're that guy's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll vote for him. And, and basically what has happened rather than what the Democrats should just be doing, which is, Hey, we're actually not going to play that game at all. We're literally <laughs> just going to try. We're going to run on policies that make people's lives better. And that's it. Um, <laughs> They, they instead somehow feel like we have to like meet the challenge when there is no challenge. <laughs> right. There's no challenge. It's fine. Like it's oh, made yeah. up. It's a made up thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should Colin Kaepernick kneel? Boy, I just don't give one fuck what Colin Kaepernick <laughs> yes. does at all. You know, we can talk about, we can talk about, you know, the fact that, hey, Police officers probably shouldn't be killing anybody, and if they and if they are killing somebody, we should know exactly what happened in that moment and and be able to do it. That's a material thing, right. you know, that has to do with police reform. Or, hey, I don't care why Colin Kaepernick is kneeling. I don't care if it's unpatriotic. I don't care about any of that because that's non-material. Maybe right. what we maybe what we can care about is, wow, it appears that poverty in 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 black communities is on the rise mm -hmm. what are concrete policies we can propose to stop that well you don't even have to say black communities you don't because i just i'm just speaking i'm using but, Colin but the point i'm but the point example. i'm trying to make is mm -hmm. is there's poverty problems all over the place that's Absolutely. part of the reason why the, the right is so able to capitalize on it because as soon as you say black poverty right. everybody that's white thinks everybody that's white and in poverty thinks that they're being ignored that's yeah. not the case at all. If you fix yeah. black poverty, you're probably going to fix a lot of white poverty because the, the same uh, policies and practices that you put into place are going to affect people in poverty. Right. right. <laughs> and right. it's, and it's, and you can, and you can, you can uplift the black community with a broader uh, uh, policy towards poverty in general. And, but we step, but the, we on the left step on those landmines all the time. Yeah, I don't get That's it. what I'm saying. Like it, you've got to, you've got to win power first before you can start fixing like the little things. before you can start, whenever, whenever you're tuning a guitar, you have to get on the right note first before you can really fine tune it into like 440. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, no, I know like what you mean. To, you have to, you have to, you have to hit the broad strokes first. And there's plenty of broad strokes in this country that need to be hit across mm -hmm. the board. I mean, they're, they're going to help white people. They're going to help black people, Hispanic people. They're going to help everybody if you just, you know, stop fucking people on their mortgages or stop burying people in student debt or stop, you know, making credit card debt Im impossible to recover from. Like those 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 sorts of policies would help everyone. Right. And then you can start focusing. And once once people start seeing, hey, this is really working or this is helping me then they're more likely to go, oh, I can identify with someone else's problems because they're not so focused on their own, right? right you right. can't, it's, it's very difficult for somebody who, you know, has lost a job or, you know, has a, a, a sick child or something like that to focus on like the plight of, you know, a transgender teenager in Virginia. Like they, right. they're not going to focus on that, you know, and they're not going to be galvanized behind that sort of cause because they've got their own shit to worry about. We all have our own shit to worry about. We can start knocking down some of those bigger issues and kind of cover everyone. 
then we can, you know, maybe those people will be freed up enough to go, oh, wait a minute, that guy's getting fucked over. We need to fix that too. Right, right. You the know? bandwidth will be open. No, you're right. You're right. And and once again, just to, I'm agreeing with you, like once again, all, all many of the issues that, that, that are being invented by Republicans are actually issues that, that are really solved by, by either saying these are not issues because mm-hmm. what that's happening isn't happening, or they're solved by just reminding everybody that we live in the United States of America and people are allowed to be whatever the fuck they want. You know, like, like, ah, this is part of the reason why I, um, I can't include, we'll, we'll wrap the political stuff up here soon. Listeners, don't worry. Um, <laughs> I came a little unglued. No, I wasn't like totally freaking out when, when Glenn Youngkin won. I, I just shrugged and I was like, man, I just don't know. I, I hate being a part of the losing party. I really do. Because <laughs> we're everybody such, does. Everybody does. But but we're often we're off. I often feel like such a loser. Um, but uh, I I remember, um, you know, I'm reading different think pieces about it because the moment moment Democrats lose, that's when the Democrats have to come up with think pieces about how we lost. And so yeah. many of them are the progressives killed us. And I'm like, we did not. You know how I know that? Because <laughs> there wasn't any progressives in Terry McKellar's campaign. Like, right. And we definitely didn't vote for Glenn Youngkin. You know, yeah, <laughs> I, right. I voted for Terry. Like, like it's no right. big deal. But um, one of the things that always frustrates me is um, a lot of establishment Democrats. I don't even just I don't just mean like moderate Democrats. I just mean folks who have been in the party doing stuff, you know, at the highest level for three decades go on and on you know pelosi talks about this biden talks about this uh even elizabeth warren said this once which shocked me about about the need for a strong republican party meaning meaning like a good republican party not like a not like a a, an empowered trumpism you know (laughs) not like a fascist yeah (laughs) not like a fascist jackbooted republican party but (laughs) exactly and and uh i'm always so baffled by these kinds of statements because i don't i don't know if i get i i on one hand i understand what they're saying what they're saying is what they're trying to say is the democratic system is worth keeping, and so we should be listening to many perspectives in good faith. Yes, of course, of course, that's that's correct. Um, but that doesn't mean that we need a good, strong Republican Party. <laughs> that's that's kind of weird. It's kind of like saying we we really want to listen to all these perspectives, which is why we really need to empower uh, the libertarians. Libertarians, why don't you come to the floor here? You know, or like like no, we don't have to, we don't yeah. have to like like. In a, in a democratic system, ideas are supposed to win and they're mm-hmm. supposed to win out and they're supposed to play in the democratic system rules. And, and if A, a party isn't playing by the rules, then that party's not allowed to come to the table. Right. B, even if a party is playing by the rules and they're right, but their ideas don't garner support, that party also doesn't have to come to the table. So like, I don't really understand the need for a for a better opposition. Like, okay, what if we just continue to do what we were supposed to be doing correctly? Like, what if we just were really good at being Democrats and we had really good ideas and they won out and we played by the rules and we didn't opine for a day when we had great opponents? Like, it's just, it's just weird. I, I'm like, I don't get it. 
Why do we need a good Republican alternative again, Nancy? <laughs> well, you know, I'm, maybe we do. We, we really don't. We could just be really, really good. Like, it's just, we could just come up with good policies and make other people come up with good policies that are different than ours, if you really yeah. wanted that. Well, what but that, that is, what that is, I think, is their attempt to, to be inclusive um, yeah. because they don't want to alienate the Republican Party, but what they what they fail to understand is those people are never going to vote for you. Like they want you to die. Like <laughs> they write it on their t-shirts, they write it on their flags. Like they they want right. you to they want you to like they wanted to hang our own vice president for Christ's yeah. sake. Like you're <laughs> you're you're trying to uh, extend an olive branch to people that are going to smack it out of your hand. They're the right? two. You're right. The two dumbest politicians in all of human history are Mike Pence and Newt Gunray from the Trade Federation. <laughs> like, 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 Mike, they want to kill you. <laughs> you don't need to get on the news yeah. and talk about how great Trump is. Like, you, you could just be like, fuck that guy. <laughs> you, they hate you. It doesn't matter what you say now. Like, it's over. Like, Newt Gunray's the same way. Newt, why are you going back to Palpatine? Like, like he's, he's clearly, he's, he's fucking you over, brother. Like, like it's, that doesn't work. You're the dumbest person in the galaxy. Oh, God. Oh. But yeah, that's what's going on. That's what's going on in the great, the great state of Virginia today. Well, take heart. Not not everybody is Donald Trump, so maybe maybe it won't be as bad as you think. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Like, I'm I'm. It's not that I'm optimistic. I'm uh, not at all, actually. But I wasn't optimistic if Terry McAuliffe became governor. Yeah. Well, the fact of the matter is, not much changes anyway. I mean, yeah, day to day for most people's lives, not much really changes. I mean, doesn't matter. Yeah, you're right. You're right. When it's really when it starts mattering that it gets scary, right? Yeah. Like, right. like if if it starts mattering in a good way, then we're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> is life improving? You know. Uh, and if it starts mattering in a bad way, then it's the same thing. What the fuck is going on? Like, like, right. no, hang on a second. Um, but no, you're right. You're right. I started watching The West Wing again. Which, yeah. which shows just how politically depressed Liber I am. Liberal porn. Liberal porn. Oh, yes. <laughs> Jeb Bartlett. Oh, wouldn't it be great if things actually worked? <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> I'm watching it with Emily, my yeah. sister-in-law. And, and, and I'm like, you're going to love this. She's like, what is this? And I'm like, it's kind of this weird old show that like to, to the Gen Z brain probably seems like some crazy fever dream where like, like what the hell? <laughs> Why are these people making speeches that are like, you know, full of I don't know something like like <laughs> integrity? <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, like, like I'm like I don't know, like oh, what's going on? Why is Jed Bartlett so? Why is the president of the United States so worried about killing people? No president is worried about killing yeah, people. That's <laughs> never happened. <laughs> but uh, that's 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 the state I'm in when I'm when I'm not uh, writing papers or reading for school. I'm watching another episode of the west wing silently crying you know yeah well i haven't had i haven't had much time to watch much of anything because i've been leaving the house at seven and then yeah. going to school and then coming home going to work um coming home getting my daughter off the bus then go to work then 
go to play practice, then come home at like 11. You know? yes. <laughs> so like I, I did manage to squeeze in um, midnight mass, though. I would come home and watch that very late. And uh, wh- wh- why are you shaking your head? Do you want to talk about midnight mass? Like, like I, I know we, we have. I mean, a, we can. <laughs> we, we listeners, we we have a couple of things in mind for this season, and one is going to be a, a, a hopefully a really great and fun and frustrating in a good way conversation about God, which I love. Yes. But uh, let's talk about midnight mass because midnight mass is stuck in my craw, um, and I could strangle somebody over it. Well, let me let me let me stop you real quick. okay? yeah, I didn't think I I was disappointed at midnight mass for uh, probably different reasons than you were disappointed at midnight. Probably (laughs) like midnight mass to me, for those of you that haven't seen it, you know, stop now. But midnight mass for me was a creature feature. Yeah, yeah, sure. And it it was unlike what. what had come before from the the author with with Han had, or Hill House and and uh, Bly Manor. Manor, it was it was unlike them because it 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 basically went straight creature feature, yeah. and I kind of didn't like that as much. But the content, the acting, the way it was shot, everything there was good. I thought the story was all right. I didn't think it was sure. terribly compelling because it was a creature feature. But yeah. um, I'm sure that there's much deeper reasons why you didn't like it so i'm gonna turn the floor over to you and let's see what you got i i will i will not scream and rant and babble the way Please i do. that's I, what I've we're here i know i know but I've, I've already done it before and and i'm tired you of have? It. yeah there's an episode of of um of my other podcast where i where i scream about it you oh should, I'm, I'm behind it. there i haven't i haven't that, caught up there that's okay look for it because i i you, you'll get a preview now um <laughs> okay uh, and i've had plenty of time to think it through uh even after that so like so hill house is sort of this masterpiece right yeah. like, like i still i still think the world of hill house i think hill house was was really great <laughs> And Bly Manor, not as good as Hill House, but but really charming in its way. Like like Bly, I always thought Bly Manor, um, while while it was not really scary, it was um, human and um, uh, well shot and and uh, dramatic in the ways that I like. You know, I, I like human stories told well, and Bly Manor is right. a human story told well. It, right. it didn't have to be scary or even all that supernatural. You know, it could have just. They were been, a lot more emotional than 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 midnight mass i think yeah yeah and and i think that's what what when we arrive at midnight mass my primary problem with midnight mass this is this is it the there all the other problems i have with it stem from this and and are 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 either nitpicky dumb things or or ultimately stem from this primary problem my primary problem with midnight mass is that by the last two episodes it is a morality play it is a shitty morality play about the dangers of religion and and for me i'm like "Mm, i don't i don't know Um, i don't know if i agree with that i mean no i'm right (laughs) (laughs) well i mean it's it's about the it's about the dangers of uh, i would say um unfettered belief like the the dangers of uh zealotry maybe but i don't think it's a i don't think it's a, a shot at organized religion writ large you see i i understand that i I, for me i think i think about the the characters in the show that are the good guys um okay and and those characters 
and once again, this isn't a problem. Like, so uh, let me, let me start with this. Let, okay. let me, let me dial back a little bit. I am totally cool. And you know me well for this. I am totally mm-hmm. cool with any piece of art that is highly critical of religion. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't bother me at all. Like, like that's totally fine. I don't like, I don't like it when shows uh, strike me as tropey. And so for right. me, there's an element in, of Midnight Mass, and this is really what I mean about when I say it's a shitty morality play. There, to me, by the end of the show, characters uh, take on tropes rather than characters with sort of complex human ideas and uh, of how things are supposed to be. So like Bev. Bev right. is, is a villain, obviously. She's a bastard-coated right. bastard with bastard filling. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and I'm okay with bev ultimately not really having any real explanation for why bev is so fucking evil and mean like right. bev just likes power and bev is judgmental and we know we we all know religious people like that right. i do have a problem with with um uh the way sort of regular run-of-the-mill uh vampire people are portrayed <laughs> by the end of that show because i don't see how um the the how how their sort of regular old small town catholic faith leads them to things like we gotta bury joe in the backyard after the priest eats his brain we've got to (laughs) uh uh watch as children drink a rat poison and be totally cool with it like like right when when to me the the benefits aren't there so like one of the things that i i talked about uh, and that I think I think could have fixed a lot of this for me is if the um, is if the show showed real concrete economic um, positive growth in the town as a result of what was happening, and not just sort of the um, uh, the, the the increase of faith, you know then it would make more sense. And I'd be like, yeah, because what's going on prior to this is a lot of illegal, shady, bad shit. That that several people in town are in the know of, and and they're kind of go with it, only because of these sort of weird theological reasons. And I'm not sure I follow. Like, what if, what if um, after Joe dies, right? So I'm thinking of that scene where where Joe falls on his head, and then uh, yeah. the the priest eats his eats his brain. He doesn't eat his brain. That's just <laughs> right. what I say. He drinks his blood. Um, right. Like I think that uh, a more um, interesting a more uh human a more um a a less morality play-ish feel to me scene would be rather than bev talking to like the mayor and saying don't you understand this is the great glorious kingdom of god coming to us like we we can't we can't ruin this now we're in the midst of a revival like could say something like the town is in better shape than it's ever been in years, Mayor. Do you really want to fuck this up right now? Now put yeah. fucking Joe in the dirt, like, like, like that. That I would be like, yeah, because regular religious people don't sit around and and like assume all of these, you know, like like high spiritual theological realities are happening all the time. We know that. We know religious people are just as motivated by material, you know, economic concerns as anyone else, and often their religion becomes a smokescreen for that. I would find that to be a little more compelling, but that's just not the way it was written. How it was well, written is, is I, I, I hear what you, I hear what you're saying, but I mean, you're you're 
excluding the fact that you know they witnessed a, a girl who was paralyzed walk that's true you know true. they 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 witnessed legitimate miracles um from their perspective i mean why wouldn't they why wouldn't they be like why wouldn't they have the fear of god in them at that point i mean one one thing that's very very important to recognize about midnight mass is the word vampire is never once uttered not You're once correct. ever so that leads me to believe that the vampire mythology that you and I are so familiar with, you know, like we see that within five seconds, we're like, oh, that's a vampire, <laughs> right? right? Well, right. if you've never heard of a vampire before, vampire mythology does not exist in your realm. And you're walking through a desert and you encounter a beast, a man-shaped beast with wings. And the only thing you've heard about is angels. Sure. Right? You've never heard of a vampire. You don't know what that is. The only thing you've heard of is angels and the way that I thought that was clever that the way that they kind of imparted that in the, in the story was by mentioning in the Bible, how every time somebody sees a, 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 an angel, they're terrified, like they're sure. scared. And I was like, well, that, that's, that's a, a cool way to, I mean, again, it just turns out to be a creature feature with a bunch of people doing tropey, dumb things that they do in all horror movies. But at initially, like I thought it was a good lead up. I thought it was a good introduction sure. for the, the vampire character to get him in there without ever mentioning vampires at all. Make Okay, so if I were to put myself in that position where I've never thought or heard of a vampire before, I'm not familiar with the blood rites. I'm not familiar with the bat wings. I'm not familiar with the long claws. I'm not familiar with the burning in daylight. Like, I don't know any of that. Like, none of that stuff has ever happened to me. What would I think? You know? Sure. Sure. Suddenly, I'm an old man, this this creature, and there's a lot of blood rituals in the Bible, right? You're right. We, we drink communion blood, and it's supposed to be the blood of Christ, you know, metaphorically, of course. But, like, you know, we so they, they take all these religious themes that, are, that we are familiar with, and they interweave them with a vampire mythology mm. without the vampire mythology being there as a backdrop as well, right? Yes. So, all of that I agree with. All, so all of that's fine. Yeah. So I'm let me sorry. ask you, if you're a priest and you you you're dying in the desert and you wander into a cave and this creature opens his wrists and, and gives you the blood of life and you begin to, you know, get younger and healthier and stronger. That's a miracle. Right. Sure. Like that would be something that totally aligns with what we read in the Bible in the in the Bible's. Uh, I don't want to say mythology, but in the Bible, sure, sure, well, and, and it's whole guess, thing, right, mythology, right, yeah. right. It, it falls quite in line with that when mm -hmm. put into that context, right? And you don't recognize yeah. the evil of it, right? Now, there's there's so many other things that like there are warning signs and and like the doctor in that in that show really irritated me because like you have cell phones, right? Like, right, right. If you, if you take a blood sample and it bursts into flame, like you're going to call somebody and be like, Hey, yeah, this is fucked call. up. Yeah, right? like, like, like there are so many like things in that story, like where, where we're going to burn all the boats. Um, you're yeah, not that, that, but that you're 30 that whole, miles from the, that whole plan is a bad plan. <laughs> well, that's a terrible plan. But the point is like, there's so many other ways to get off that Island. There's, there's, right. there's gotta be a landing strip on that Island. I mean, there's gotta be, there's Coast Guard cutters going all over the damn place. You can't you can't drive a boat into into Florida Keys without the Coast Guard interdicting you. Like there's there's no way. Like the whole reason they put it on an island was so that they could come up with this trope again of like isolation. Like oh we're we're trapped. We can't get away. 
and it's mm-hmm. just it didn't didn't like make sense to me in a in a in a, in a realistic sort of way. It just didn't make any sense. So that those were the issues that I had with it. They weren't so much the theological because like I understood where they were going with it, um, sort of playing with the mythology. I didn't think it was an attack on Christianity or, or religion at, at all, really, other than like the Jim Jones type people, like Bev. Right. Sure. Sure. Like, well, so that's that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. I don't I don't mean to interrupt you. Like like no, I actually think you and I agree. Like I I. My problem is that it's tropey. I just see the tropiness sort of within uh, a, a reduction of kind of character motivation by the end, right? So right. like everything up to that, like I'm, I, I also am okay with everybody thinking this is an angel, even though we're like, it is not an angel. It is a family. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, am, I am okay with that. Like I really am like, okay, sure, cool. You know, like, like that's all fine. All of that's good. And I also like the acting. I did not terribly like the uh, the main guy, <laughs> the, um, the the skeptic guy. I didn't think he was oh, a great actor. Yeah, but but like, but I thought uh, Father Paul, not Father Paul. Father Paul was that his name? Yeah, it was Father Paul. I, I thought Father Paul. I thought that guy. Uh, he did a really, great job. Really did a and played the role in a complicated way. Bev did a great job of making you a hater. Bev did <laughs> I mean... a great job making you a hater. No, I agree. <laughs> um, what what I what frustrates me? This is the primary thing that frustrates me is in an attempt to um, have, let's go with your critique, to, to have a critique of sort of this zealotry, fundamentalist, um, um, you know, culty religion. He turns towards tropes in order to make it work. When for me, it's not so much a theological problem I had with it, as is, you know, this this is just sort of not how religious people um function not even culty religious people well no i mean what do you think would happen in gordonsville if like you made a paralyzed person walk well well so first of all if i was a catholic (laughs) priest and i made a paralyzed person walk the vatican would have showed up on my fucking island like 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 that's that's (laughs) one thing like like the vatican would have showed up and they'd be like not do that you know (laughs) there there again lies my problem with the the whole island like (laughs) Like everybody right, right. would know, but like inside edition would be there tomorrow. You know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so like for me, you know, there there's uh there's weird signs here where I'm like, well, so why make this a Catholic church at all? Why not just make it Bev has some wacky fucking Bible study in her fucking, yeah. you know, house. Well, I think and, that can be explained away because people are most familiar with Catholicism or the or sorry. or the um I guess the they think they're most most familiar with Catholicism is the most easily recognizable, oldest right. sort of like form of Christianity. So it's an easy target, I would it say. It is an easy target. And it's a lot more, it's a lot more uh, sympathetic than like starting out saying, oh, hey, we're in a Jim Jones cult, <laughs> you know, because nobody's going to get behind that. You're right. You're right. And so I, when, when I talked about it, like when I talked about it with Joe, I think that the, the I'm have to I, listen to that. You should listen to it. You'll probably disagree with it, but I do scream a lot. Um, there's there's this moment where where I've decided, Joe and I both were talking about, and I was like, what well, what I could have I could have forgiven everything about this. They could have done the exact same story, if instead of um, a bunch of poor people, um, it was a bunch of middle to upper middle class people on some island off the coast of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and because a lot of the issues seem to 
because it because it comes after poor people's religion and i and i think that that's what's so fucked up cults are not born in poor people world cults right. are born among people who, who who have shit and and like have time to spare and time to think about this bullshit and and like get taken well, i in. didn't think that the people on the island were particularly destitute i mean well but i think that was the idea that was a subtext the subtext was that the they talk about in the first episode is that industry is drying up on the island things, yeah, things I mean, are in disrepair it's not but that's good. a reflection of american society writ large isn't it i mean i guess i can see that i just think that you could do all of it uh the exact same way and i could buy like upper middle class ethels going yeah. it seems like a it seems to be going great you know like, yeah. like i could yeah. buy them doing that in a in a better way than I can buy some of this stuff, and yeah. and really I think that's my thing is that that yes of course I am frustrated with with the tropes he goes back to to depict religious people being mm -hmm. one, um but my primary thing is I just I just want them to be fully realized people treated with dignity, they can be absolutely fucking wrong, mm -hmm. and they can be and they can be dumb. You know, and and they can, and they're totally allowed to become vampires and murder the island. Like, like that's fine. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Like, like they can do all of that. I don't want them to be. I, 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 what I would like to see is, I would like to see them. I would like to. I would like to get it. Like, I'd like to. I'd like to not have so many questions. Right. Um, Joe, why are you prepared to like? Or not Joe. Joe's a guy who died. Uh, Sherm, not Sherm. Uh, Sturge. 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 Right. Sturge. Sturge, Sturge, what about your boating business, buddy? Like, yeah. like what are you doing? You know, yeah. I want to see that explanation. Like, I want to, I don't want just Sturge just be a meat sack that gives blood because he's a good little boy. Like, I want to see us get there. Well, again, I think a lot of that has to do with the, the misinterpretation of miracles, right? Like people, sure. how easy it is to kind of sway people that I think if there's a critique of religious people in it it's it's that they're um too easily swayed or too easily sure. the wool is too easily pulled over their eyes like if there was a critique of of religious quote-unquote religious people in it i would say that would be the critique because um you you take something that's like if you just stop and, and think for five seconds about this you know you can tell that this is not this is not right but right. you know we we have people buying miracle water from like people online <laughs> you that's know true. and i that's think true. that's more the the um the throat that he was going for whenever he, he sure. wrote that and i think you're right i i do I, I think that it would have been better served if it was like a banker off the coast of connecticut you know like, yeah. like that rather than sturge who right. like you know, has a has a small business that's un, that's fallen apart and has right. lived on the island for decades and is and is just sort of doing his best. Like, I'm not saying that Sturge can't fall for a cult. That, that's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, is like I have extra questions as to why Sturge is so um, seems to be not terribly um, uh, broken up mm -hmm. about about giving up his life to this this cult. Like. Sturge has more to Yeah, it happens very ways. rapidly. You're right about that. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that's all I mean. And I know why he's yeah. gotta I know he's gotta speed it up. Like I get it. Like I, I understand that. Um, but then I just I just want to see maybe maybe a little bit more attention paid to that 
rather than the um uh like what they could have sacrificed is the entire i have lost my baby storyline mm-hmm. which ended up not really being about anything you know right be, uh, uh, in favor of a more um i'm going to say tender approach to the people of this island as they well, as they I succumb think the, to this call i think the whole the baby line was for shock value right yeah, it's a yeah. horror it's supposed to be a horror show what could be more horrible than losing a baby sure. right so that's why they put that stuff in there and it was kind of just those cheap thrills that kind of that bothered me about yeah. it because like they put they put those things in there strictly for the shock value or the horror of it and they didn't really they didn't really um advance the story any mm-hmm, they were just mm-hmm. they were just kind of it, it's kind of like watching a you know the hills have eyes it's just like murder porn right they, right they just have to do certain things or or you know you you watch one of the hostile movies or something like that and it, and they just got to one up each other on violence or gore or whatever so like it you know you got to put a dead baby in there right we got to put a dead baby in it it's a horror show like that's You're just right. just it was it was it was weak that was that was weak tea to me but like um i i i was i had a problem with with how quickly everyone kind of there there was i mean i'm a pretty doubtful person as it is as we know but like there was there was nobody there was nobody that was like hold the wait why are we burning everything like nobody said that that would have been the perfect time for scourge (laughs) what are you what are you you doing (laughs) scourge should have jumped in because he kind of gave a look that was my favorite part and one of my favorite parts of the show is is when bev is like i've got it we'll burn the fucking island to the ground you know and scourge and scourge is like Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and and that was my other issue with it because people like immediately started following Bev. And it's like, where did yeah. Bev get this authority? Like I could see if Father Paul said, okay, we need to burn everything. Because you got to be like, well, you did make that chick walk and you did bring this lady back from like dementia and you did do all this other stuff. So maybe this guy has the answer, but fucking Bev doesn't. I've known Bev my whole life. She's lived on the island forever. Like, yeah, she's Bev. a bitch. She's a bitch. <laughs> you know, everybody her. knows she, Bev's a cunt. Like, why would, why are we all <laughs> listening to Bev now? Right. <laughs> she killed Joe's dog. We all know it. Like, we all know she did that. No, I, I, uh, that is something I do appreciate about Bev. So like, like there's a lot of discourse around midnight mass in like Christian Twitter world. So I many of the Christian, so many of the Christians I follow on Twitter love Midnight Mass, and I just did not love it, you know. And so I was like, man, I don't really. They know loved what- it. Why? They they loved it because so much of what they interpreted it as was, um, you know, actually, actually, let me let me say this. This is what's so weird about it. Like, so many of the Christians on Twitter that loved it loved it because they saw it as this really deeply theological and tender portrayal of like faith. And I and I'm like, boy, I really don't what? know. I really don't know how you're seeing this, like, or in particular the theological component, because I, w- once again, listeners, no piece of art has to be about Jesus. I don't give a <laughs> shit. No piece of art on planet Earth has to be about religion or, or has to be about God or theology. I don't care. So it doesn't bother me that that Mike Flanagan's like, you know what? There is no God. Like, like it doesn't. It doesn't bother me. You know, like that's fine. I don't think he, did he did he say that? I don't. I didn't well, I mean, that. I mean the the um, uh, is it Riley the the main guy the main guy? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I took his uh, the big long scene where he describes materialist nihilism to uh, um, <laughs> uh, 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 Theo Crane from Hill House. You know, yeah. the girl who played Theo Crane. 
Yeah. Um, and then and then her as she's dying, subsequent sort of um, Carl Sagan, the uh, yeah. materialist nihilist, you know, right thing. Um, I took that as as a, as Mike Flanagan's position. I'm totally willing to be be proven wrong by that. And so I'm assuming that as I say this, but like, I'm OK with that. That doesn't bother me. I don't really understand where the Christians on Twitter who like this are getting the deep theological content here. Like, like <laughs> what is the what what exactly is this showing us? Well, it's showing us the, you know, the the infinite grace of God in the midst of suffering. I mean, that is not what's happening. That is like, not like what I've got of that out of that at all. Like, like <laughs> they're they're all singing nearer, my God, to thee. These these uh, which is surprisingly on key. You know, these these <laughs> yeah, vampires. Those are, guys have an unbelievable choral. Yeah, society. amazing. Like, amazing. <laughs> they are really like I have never been to a church in my life. And heard singing that good. If Me nothing either, else, brother. those Islanders could sing, man. Good for them. I uh, like, which I think that was the other thing. Like, I think people were really moved by that last scene, and I found it really silly. Um, it's not that it, I found it. It's I, I didn't find it totally silly. I, I'm being I'm being mean. Well, like, I found it. I found it a little heavy handed. Very heavy handed. Very you know? heavy handed. And I was like, all right, I get it. Like, I get it. <laughs> you know, you don't have to beat me over the head with it. But yeah, like, yeah. I mean. As a person that that has my doubts about God and theology as it is, you know, um, I, I kind of I kind of gravitate towards the. Not the Carl Sagan aspect, like you said, but like the the I, 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 re I reject the notion of like there's a plan. Right. Yeah, sure. Like I, I, I don't I don't feel that way. Just looking around in my life and in nature, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I, I believe that like humanity needs christianity for humanity not for god you know yeah, god yeah. doesn't need christianity like we need it so that we can like live together and survive in a in a world that doesn't give a shit about us you know and i have a hard time believing that there's a there's a an entity or a being out there that has everything planned out and and and, and i think that's more like what flanagan was his approach was it's like uh it wasn't that there's no God or that, you know, God doesn't exist. It's just that God doesn't operate the way that these people are saying that he operates or God doesn't care about us in the way that they think he does. You know, sure. I think sure. that was more his point. I um, can see that interpretation. I can yeah. see that. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't take it as a, as an attack on God or religion. Cause I mean, like the, 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 um, the sheriff is a devout Muslim. Well, sort right. of. The sheriff. The sheriff says that he's a Muslim primarily because of his dead wife. Um, right. You know, but but that's but but you're right. Like he, he didn't right. he didn't tear down you know all religions. He didn't. He didn't spend. You're right. He didn't spend. It's not like he came after Islam in any in any way like yeah. that. No, I I agree with you. I, I want to be clear. Like like when I when I you're talking about an attack on religion. I I. I'm okay with attacking religion. Like, like well, sometimes that. religion, frankly, needs to be attacked. Yeah, but yeah. I, mean, I don't attack, attack that motherfucker. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I am. What frustrated me about Midnight Mass is it is my perceived attack on people. Like, right. Like, I, like I that's that. that's the problem for me. Attack religion. Religion mm -hmm. often needs to be attacked and critiqued heavily and and held up to the light and and shown you know all the bad shit for what it is absolutely mm -hmm. i 
I have a hard time, and this is ultimately it's just because I've served religious people. Like that's what I do. Like I know religious people. Religious people can be just as fucking awful as Bev. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But like, but but, and they can be gullible. Absolutely. Yeah, but they're not. They're not sheep. But they're not sheep, and that's and that's really all I'm trying to get at is is the 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 way it's even even like in like cult world, cults are not formed in five days. Right. Cults cults are formed out after lots of grooming and lots of real concrete things taking place that folks see as benefiting their lives. Right. Well, and, and so, again, yeah. I think that that would be accelerated given the circumstances it, within the mythology of this story. Sure. You know, having the vampire's blood. The first, probably most surreptitious thing is is the the, the priests like willingness to just like go ahead and give it to everyone without telling them like yeah Ooh, well, like this works right <laughs> yeah like that's that would be my first question of like okay man we probably need to talk about this before you do that you know this blood that but, tastes you know, a lot so that, like cheap wine for community yeah but no and nobody noticed i mean nobody noticed it was fine like like that's that's the kind of stuff that bothered me about it it's just like the the believability in its own context sort of thing right kind of got me about it and i didn't like the fact that it was just a it, at the end of the day it was a creature feature you know it was a vampire yeah. story. and you yeah. know we've seen the vampire stories done a thousand times and some of them are done well i didn't think midnight mass was done bad like i don't think it was sure a i don't think show. i don't think it sucked no i mean i mean it was it was a good show it just it kind of i was like nah, it didn't resolve itself the way that i kind of wanted it to like it, it didn't it didn't really have the emotional impact that the other things that flanagan had yeah. done had and it just kind of felt like a monster movie at the end. Yeah, and and so like Joe, I don't have a lot of context for a ton of horror. Joe has Joe has watched a lot more horror than I have, and I know you have as well. Like hmm. that's something that Joe uh, echoes in in your critique uh, is she's like I liked it until I realized it was just about vampires. Yeah, and then and then I was like, oh, it's just a vampire show. Oh, okay, yeah. well, you know cool but and, and you know scary like said, anymore it's just vampires. there's lots of there's lots of stuff that that's good vampire stuff i mean salem's sure. lot was a great vampire is a different take on a vampire you know but like we we all if 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 you were to put yourself into the position where you'd never heard of a vampire you've never heard of dracula you never you don't have any of that context right i mean how how would you behave in light of what you saw and i was like well, i can i can buy that like i can see how people would be enamored by that but yeah like at a certain point even a miracle it's like oh man you're gonna need to show me a little bit more you know and that's that's my skeptic- sure. skepticism coming into it right mm-hmm. and, th- and that's why i think like the doctor was the biggest failure not the, not mm-hmm. the the actress that played the doctor she was playing her role she did a good job it's not like nothing towards her the character as written was s- terrible because like right. like i said man girl walks out of uh, wheelchair and church inside edition tomorrow you know right. like every medical journal in the world oomph, there and and she's sitting there like playing with tinctures of blood <laughs> and yeah, burning yeah. them in daylight it's like what are you doing lady well and that the, the, that actually that whole moment is is one of my favorite uh in a silly way parts of the whole show because like i just love i just love that the doctor's sort of initial medical theory is so bafflingly wrong and dumb yeah. that she just gets rid of it in five seconds after yeah. she says it. She's like, she's like, you know what? 
Burst into flames, you say. Riley burst <laughs> into flames. Well, come into my office because I have a theory. My theory, you know, it's my that, theory is so <laughs> asinine and ridiculous. That... <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no, that's not. I can't even be. That can't even be close to correct. I think it's a blood disease. You think it's a blood disease? Yes, mm. there are some blood diseases that have restorative properties and also make you sensitive to sunlight. Yeah, but like, but he caught on fucking fire. <laughs> And like restorative properties, you mean like like, like your dementia ninety year old mom is turning yeah. into a fox? Like 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 yeah. is that what yeah. you mean? Like you like a like a forty year old just like female model? Like yeah. that's what you're getting at? Like yeah. she's she's receiving the blood disease? Yeah, <laughs> like, she's like, it's just it's just the herpes simplex ten. She'll be yeah. fine. Like, what like, what are you talking are you about? Talking about? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And for a second, I got really concerned. For a second, I was like, "Oh my God, is this where Mike Flanagan is going with this? Like, are we doing are we doing some I am legend bullshit here? Where like we're like this? Oh, that's not a vampire. You see, it was a guy. Yeah, but his disease made him into this. So yeah. I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was a vampire. And, and how did that? How did that creature, the vampire creature, the angel, whatever you want to call it? How did that thing not conquer the planet like centuries ago? Because it it took yeah. over the it took over this modern town in fucking like a week. Yeah, like how crazy. did it not? If that had and they're like, oh my god, if it gets to the mainland, it's gonna do it, dude. It's been fucking sitting in, in Syria for like two thousand years. Yeah, that that's my other thing. Like like so, it's is it fine? Like is it? Where did it eat? Does it need to eat? Is 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 being a vampire in this universe? mean that blood is just sort of not terribly necessary today like it appears to be because the flins the flins become vampires and they're like we're just going to ignore it and like like you're just going to ignore the thirst today <laughs> why what the fuck is going on <laughs> i hate that like that is a that is a move made in all modern vampire tales yeah. that somehow a newly formed vampire does have the potential to ignore the thirst and i'm like yeah. fuck you do not take the tension out of becoming a vampire. Like, right. like he's a vampire now. That means he yes. wants to fucking eat you. Yes. And so he and vampires be don't that. glitter, goddammit. Yeah, they don't. Fuck you. I hate that. <laughs> the Flins the Flins are like, I can ignore it if I concentrate hard enough. Oh my gosh, you're right. I'm totally civilized in my yeah. <laughs> in my immortality. Yeah, why don't you now. try why don't you try not breathing for a while? Just see how exactly. that works out for Give you. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> I, I love it i love it and i just uh, you know in my conclusion i do I, I i think i think the thing that i legitimately do love love about it and i did th once again i did think parts of it really good like i was mostly just really frustrated with it like right. like i was frustrated with it by the end and i thought it was um it, it it did not pay nearly enough attention to the characters like hill house and blind manor did right. and and right that's a problem but like what i loved about one of the things i legitimately loved about it is how even in death, Bev is an absolute fuck. Like, 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 <laughs> even like, I love, there's a part of me that loves that she did not get a redemption. Like, like, yeah. like, perfect. She weeps and tries to dig into the sand. Yeah. Perfect. Good. Yeah. Good. That was yes. nice. <laughs> That's, that makes me feel good. You know, everybody. And that was the other thing. That was the other thing. Like, you burn down all the houses. Dumb idea, but whatever. Nobody has an umbrella. Nobody has a blanket. Nobody has like 
Right. It's Goes already in your car. It's you know? already established. It's already established that, like, you know, it, it, it's pretty. It's it's pretty literal about the sun problem. The yeah. rays of the sun, the light of the sun, <laughs> must touch your skin right. as rays. Like like. Right. So like, it's not that like when I can see by the light of the sun, I burst into flames. No, no, no. it's the literal rays. <laughs> like, right. Oh, great. So maybe just put a hoodie up. You know, you'll yeah, be fine. Like just, you know, a bee suit. <laughs> put a bee suit on and walk around and you're fine. Like, it's just it's go into that. Uh, well, I guess everything's burned. So I was well, going to say go into that uh, uh, closet be- that Bev keeps the rat poison in. I'm sure there's something in there. None uh, of those houses had basements. None. No, apparently not. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's always. But I love that. Like, that's always the explanation for every weird question we have. It's an island. Yeah. No base, oh well. No people on islands don't know how to like you know cover themselves. Like right, right. Well, we're gonna do. You know what's on islands? Big fucking beach chairs with big fucking umbrellas. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's on islands. On like look on all the islands. <laughs> right, like vampire ma- vampire things flying away. The Ukraine cut some holes in there. I was like, I mean. <laughs> If he's if he's that distracted by your tasty blood, Theo, like yeah. don't don't cut holes in the wings. Just chop a wing off, lady. Like 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 don't don't even don't even yeah. risk it. You know, yeah. hope this works. No, man, just fucking saw it off. Like like yeah. he's just standing there. Um, <laughs> I love it, and I love how it's ambiguous at the end. So like, my last question: Did you interpret that the that the vampire like dies at the end? Is that how you interpreted that? I, I I guess so. They they mentioned something about the nearest the, the mainland being thirty miles away, and that thing couldn't fly that far in that amount of time. And it's like, I, I guess it would a bit, but but a creature that's been around for that long would probably have a little bit of a you know internal chronological clock and go, ah, it's getting to be pretty light out. You know, it's daylight yeah. savings. You know, maybe he's not used <laughs> to that from Syria. Yeah. But like, <laughs> you know. Uh, I oh, would he just that, spent most of his life in a desert. <laughs> yeah, I would think that uh, poking a couple of holes in his bat wings probably wouldn't be the the uh, the be all end all. And I'm sure that like he came over in a crate. His crate was probably around somewhere. Get crawl back in your crate. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it was. It was. It was again tropey to left left to be. Uh, discussed oh did it survive did it not survive i guess we'll never know maybe maybe we'll find out in season two i don't know but like well, it, that was like another that. thing like i don't like i don't like movies without endings <laughs> yeah i don't either it, I, I don't think it, it it gives enough and and that's the thing when nick watched it nick was like well he's not dead because we didn't see the body burn up uh-huh. so he's still alive and i'm like yeah but like it just bothers me it's just it bothers me the 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 show wasn't bad it just frustrated and bothered me and that is my conclusion to my my review of midnight mass you know what i i I share the same uh final conclusion it it bothered me too but for different reasons (laughs) different reasons that's okay that's okay well matt this was really good yeah man it was good talking to you again absolutely absolutely about time about time is right. Well, we listeners, we got a, a fun season, hopefully, in store for you. And yep. I'm glad that you're still with us. Uh, we got we got 12 different listeners. Whoa. Isn't that, it's more than you thought, huh? Like, yeah, like, that's like double what I thought. <laughs> 12, 12 unique listeners. Wow. Uh, nice. Listen to our show. shout out to Richie. I know. Richie's shout out been... to Richie. You know, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for sticking with us, Richie. Yeah. Uh, Brandy sent me a video of him listening to one of our episodes like this. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he contemplates it while he listens. So like, that's yeah. good. That's good. He, he, he's probably doing what I, what I used to do just shouting at his steering wheel on his way yeah, to work. Like, no! It's <laughs> wrong. It's wrong again. Oh, my. Well, all right, friends. Uh, that's that's it for us for now. Thanks for listening, friends. This has been an episode of Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan. We will see you next time.